Hello, this is the Anobi podcast, and my and this is your host, Mr. Anobi. And this podcast is the first podcast that I'm doing on this platform, and I and hopefully the first of many. First, I want to give a shout out to everyone during this period, no matter how hard it has been, and to just basically shows the power of the human will and the resilience of our of our. Of the human of the human species, uh, yeah, that, that that sounds weird, but generally, for what we're able to do to put you together during this time, it's amazing, and yeah, I have to give our hats up to them, to everyone. Good job. So basically, to, the topic I'm about to speak during this podcast is called false black power. Now, what do you mean by false black power? Well, basically. Basically, as I would say, throughout throughout the history, as a as a black person, I've always noticed something. In this, I've always noticed something in the sense that we have been taught that there's this black power we have. In other words, black power, black power. Like you know, due to the color of our skin, we can we have this innate uh, athleticism or something and power and co. And initially, when I was young, obviously, initially when I was young, obviously, I actually. You actually get the point in the sense that, of course, yes, we have we kind of have black power. We dominate sports and everything. But somehow, in the end, I actually then later that during it was only during this year that I actually realized something that you know it's funny that you can say something as black power, but black power is empowering, and somehow white power is somehow racist. And I I looked at when someone flipped at look at me and flipped and told me. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I said, you, it's true. If someone was to say white power right now, obviously we would say, yes, that guy is super racist. If someone was to say Jewish power or Asian power or something like that, people would just obviously say that that's kind of like racist. But black power, I said, no, it's actually kind of cool. You know, it's part of the thing, your black skin and everything. And cool. So I kind of look at it and say, maybe we're not looking at this well. Because I tell someone, do we really have black power? Like, think about it. Uh, think about it in the sense that in the whole world, who really wants the world? Is and to be honest, I was stuck in a place where, in a sense, that black power has been uh, drilled down to me. That you know, there's like the white man. Like basically, my from the day from the day I was brought up in the schools, everything. The basically the ideology is simple. The white man wants to keep keep keeps us down. Wants to make us go. What, What's to uh, make us uh, in the sense that wants to always the black the white man always wants to use us as his pawns. He's always uh, um, destroying destroying us. Uh, always loot always looting our culture, destroying our heritage. Doesn't want to see, uh, always uh, trying to be uh, colonizers or monopolistic and go. And I believed all this stuff. And also, again, I also inherited some negative stereotypes in the sense that what what usually used to happen is that when someone would say, you see, African people were not as smart as the white people or were not uh, as knowledgeable as them in the sense that, you know, because somehow you somehow you were stuck in a circle in the sense that you see your country with the vast mineral resources and coal 
and uh, you're, you're, why, you're not still prospering, there's corruption and everything. Why are other countries are somehow inventing new things? So you cannot see that, you cannot buy the narrative that actually it's because maybe something is actually wrong with the African gene. Maybe it's a race thing, the religion to IQ, but due to a book I read by a man, I think you must know him, his name is Thomas Sorrell. Um, it's called Wealth, Poverty and Politics. When I read that book, it basically changed my perspective. It actually changed my mind regarding this whole thing. So I kind of realized that actually something has gone horribly wrong. Like in terms of mindset, in terms of politics. And sometimes there's this narrative of basically, because what I noticed that is, is it, what I noticed again is that this uh, paradox, it says that we, everybody always tells us we have black power. But in the end, most, what I noticed that most black celebrities are coast. When it comes, when it's, ne when it looks necessary, or looks advantage, they always form a sense of black victimhood. In the sense that they are, we are always the perpetual victims of the, of the white man. But in the end, we are still the people that have the power. So it kind of bothers me that, you know, if you actually look at it and we, we search, or even from a normal human perspective, even from a normal human perspective, in the sense that when people basically have power, you don't really see them portray themselves as victims of that power. Most of them, they just freaking use that power to flex or to enjoy. So I was, so it seemed puzzled me in the sense that why is it that we black people always say we have black power, but in the end, we, we, we don't act as if we have the power. So basically, it shows one thing. We don't really have power in the sense that if you had real power, in the sense of you control the economy, you control the arts, the culture and everything, then obviously you won't really try to be a play victim. You don't see a lot of Jewish uh, Jewish people quoting themselves as victims of um, of white people of um, Germans. Are good. They have moved on. They are one of the people that occupy the highest seats in terms of business, politics, and art. You don't see Asians complain about well, the uh, America bombed them 50 years ago. The Asians are freaking catapulted to the next level through technology, innovation, and the uh, and so forth. So, but Black Power, what we usually do is basically we say, well, we actually dominate the music industry, which is kind of true. Um, athletics, yeah, which is very true. Which is very true. But in the end, we portray ourselves as victims that the only reason why we're not moving up in terms of schooling, in terms of everything is because of the white man. The white man somehow, even though basically the white man allows us to succeed in the arts, music, in the arts, music, and the aware and the athletic institutions, but somehow the white man somehow makes us not to succeed in other things like educational, educational in terms of building up riches and so forth. So it's kind of confusing that you know if someone was actually creating a racist, this, a racist uh, jail cell for all black people, why would the guy make us to succeed in one front and not allow us to succeed in another front? And what also puzzled me again was. When, as a kid, obviously, you, as you, as you, as a kid, you read the headlines on the news, everybody tell you that you see America and all these uh, Western countries are systematically racist. But what I always find puzzling was that, as African-Americans usually complain that everyone is racist, that's what they can't succeed. I usually see when one of my people, when people in my country, my country is in Africa, obviously, when they go to the West, when they go to the West, they usually come back and usually, when they enter the top school, they, they go out with flying colors, or they acclimatize, or they even make more money. So, it's kind of puzzling me that, I mean, if racism is systematically there, 
and co. How is it possible that that person made uh, made that money? I mean, what did he? What was there a special privilege because we were foreign, or with or is there a special mindset that is brought upon? But because or a different perspective that we are bringing onto the place, or is it because of our desperation to actually succeed because of the corruption and the bad leadership and the lack of rule of law in our own country that when we go to a places like America and Co, we kind of feel, see his paradise, even though other people don't see it like that. But we have a different perspective, which I would say is very complicated, but it's also not really that hard to comprehend in the end. And also again, I want to talk about something, and there's this sense of victimhood culture, in the sense that that it has um, fed, has been fed into us from day one. In the sense that every time some we do something wrong, it, we always blame the white person. For example, now there was something I noticed that was very weird when I was going through uh, the basic uh, all these newspapers articles and I noticed that anytime a white person commits a crime, let me say a white person. Uh, I don't know, steal something or kill someone. What usually happens is this they just say, Oh, this guy did a horrible crime and uh, everything, so let's jail let's jail him. Let's you know he is a horrible person and cool. But when a black person let's say a black person kills someone or something, some people would just say, you know, it's because the the system is uh, systematically racist and cool. Yeah, yeah it's very racist. That's the reason why that, that person as if that person was forced, was actually obliged to actually do the things that he did. So sometimes, actually, positive. why is it that sometimes we are not allowed to take responsibility for our faults? Uh, um, obviously, white people did horrible things to us in the past, but it does not mean that they are in control of our actions today. No, we humans actually control how we react to situations, no matter how bad, no matter how awful they seem on the surface. Now, we humans are the ones that actually decide whether we are for good or for bad. And that possibly that we are, we hardly take responsibility for everything. And there's this, and this one, this thing is a true story. So I, I think it's the state of California and the United States of America, in the US. So what happened was that, so they were noticed that basically black kids were getting like twice as suspended as other kids. And they were wondering, whoa, 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 like what's going on? Like why is it so, everybody assumed that obviously it was racism. That yes, that's the reason why. But what was funny was that it was actually black teachers. They were actually reporting these students. To the uh, school boards, I was like, wait, wait, if it's racism, why is it that, why is it, is the black teachers actually reporting these children to the school board? So what happened was that they, I think they did a law, I think it's not California, most states, so they banned, they usually, they usually banned suspension of black children. And what happened was it caused a very bad effect in the sense that black children, is, that they can actually do anything they want, say anything they want, and they won't get suspended. And basically it cost, Oh, it basically caused the education system to actually be upended because most people where they will just, they will cause chaos in the classrooms. They don't want to learn because of drugs and violence and everything, which is something education of other people that actually really wanted to learn in that school. So, yeah, you can say the uh, unintended consequences of good intentions in the end. And also, Joshua showed me again that not everything is racism in the sense that not every disparity in terms of wealth, in terms of education is due to racism. Personal choices matter. Pers um, political will also matter. So it's not exactly a racism thing. It's basically a people thing. And but sometimes it's hard to comprehend because there's this there's this gospel spread by people like I would say Jesse Jackson, uh, um, Al Sharpton, and and Co. 
who basically tells that who better tells us that the West is basically racist and cool, West is horrible, no one can succeed, they're holding you back, that there are some people out there outside now, there are some cops that will shoot you down if you go out, everything. But sometimes you look at it and say, Well but you, but the funny thing is if you check the stats, if you check the statistics and say you're wondering are you sure this is actually happening or is this just a projection? A projection of fear onto people so that they can vote a certain way or so that they can stay or act the way they do. Look at us all inevitably. The reason why most people basically want people to always live in fear. Because when people start living in courage, they start to see certain faults within them. They start to see certain faults within them. And because of, and because they see the setting, because they see that setting for actually means to actually discover where they are wrong, actually to improve. And once they improve, they won't need the fear preachers and co. In other words, they're relevant. In other words, they're relevant to the main situation. Again, so basically, what I feel is that there's a lack of responsibility in black culture. Not really in Africans per se, but in terms of African Americans, in the sense that, Sometimes they don't really know when to take the L. Sometimes they don't really, they don't even see the issues. Every issue is somehow exported to, well, it was the white people, it was there. But that's not say the end. People make choices. Sometimes you can't really blame everybody for everything. Sometimes you make, uh, you made a very, uh, annoying choice, but it's not really the government's fault. It's not really the, uh, a certain race fault. Sometimes it's just your fault. And sometimes you have to just take the L. Like everyone else does, like white people take the L for almost everything. Asian people take the L sometimes. Jewish people, I don't know. And that's the point thing again. I actually research if you actually notice black people are very racist towards the Jews. I don't know what caused it. I, I don't know what caused it. Is it a beef from is it a beef from years ago or is it or is it they were just beefing or something happened? Because white I mean, black people, African Americans, they really hate the Jews and sometimes it's actually kind of scary. I there's I will tell you, I will say that actually the the Israelites that the Israelites actually were white. No no the Israelites were black initially, but what happened was that the Jews switched with the with them and actually condemned them too. so basically i i don't even know who to believe so basically we leave it as it is so in other words i believe we now for black america or african america or african we need to take responsibility for our actions and try to find a new way forward in our lives okay and so also and also again there's this thing that i've noticed there's this huge amount of hate towards white people nowadays that I find or find unsettling. Like you see some people say, well, you shouldn't marry a white person because you know, you don't want to spoil your, um, I don't know, you want to create, you must marry a black woman, you must marry this. And so I always look at it like, where is this coming from? There's this sense of hate that, you know, white people are keeping you down in the sense that they have to pay reparations for what they did in the past and everything. But sometimes the thing about reparations that is a very funny thing in the sense that, I told someone that in the end you, you do know there are poor white people, right? I think most people don't really think of that, but they're actually poor white people. There are white people that are actually very poor. They are poor as you. Some people, some white people, for instance, I saw like one article or picture that white people they live in trailers. Like even me, I, I say I have an apartment. Some places people they live in a trailer. A trailer is like a basically like a car, but expanded. People live in trailers and they chance. Imagine telling you going to that white person in and say actually due to something that your ancestors did years ago we are, we are going we are, we are going to tax you Shah, so that you pay for me and my reparations so somehow it feels kind of annoying and 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 that's the reason why most white people 
you might look and say, oh, they are racist. That's the reason why sometimes they don't really like you guys because they feel that actually this is actually kind of complaining when we were just trying to survive. This is why I still trying to blame us for everything. We don't really want some white people are basically not interested. They just really want to move on. They want to flex with life. They want to be like, oh, well, let me just, let me just, let me just hustle. Let me just hustle and try and do the best thing I can do in this life. I don't really have time to start pandering or start, you know, babying someone else because of my ancestors and co. This has happened in the past. Let's move on. But unfortunately, some people can never just move on. And, and the thing again is that we are not building the skills that are needed to actually improve our lots. Let me explain. What I know, what people always, I've noticed something that people always, um, there's some conspiracy theory that say, you know, the Jews won the world and everything. But there's one thing people miss about the Jews. There's one thing people miss about the Asians and even uh, generally white people. What they did was, it was not because, it was not worker science. What they did was they believed in two, in, in terms of education. I mean, in terms of skills, they had to learn the skills to read, write, learn philosophy, learn things like trades, like engineering and code. This are, this is true those things. They actually to perform, to actually create all these uh, wonders of uh, modern television, this thing and code. Modern television, modern television uh, and technology as we see today. What, what people need to be, uh, what people need to get in their mindset is that to source, the people who won the world, Actually, the people who produce the most. Now, let me say that again. The people who want the world are the people who produce. If you don't produce, you are always likely to be the slave of the people who produce. In other words, if all your life you are always complaining about this and this, why the person who's not complaining is actually just producing products, services, or new ways to interact with the world through so maybe social media or a new platform. Those are the people that actually take the best of the best. Those are the people that actually make the world decision. That's the people that actually shape the way you think and shape the way other people think. And sometimes you might hate it and say, oh, it's unfair, but that's the truth. The people who produce are the people who control the world. In other words, if a certain race of people or a certain body of people are not producing, likely you are going to be controlled by people who produce. And some people might say, oh, that's uh, not fair. Well, the world is not, life is not fair. In the, in, However, that's why sometimes I get when people say, oh, you know, we need to equality. I say equality sometimes is kind of impossible because not every person is born with the equal experience of each other. Instead, some people are born tall, some people are born short, some people are born rich, some people are born poor. So people basically have gone through experiences where they met fascinating people that have done amazing. Why some people, in reality, were struggling. They did not really have the opportunities for that. Does not mean that one certain race of people is somehow should be equal to another person through any a true regulation or they should be brought down so that another person can be lifted up. What it should be key, we should be focused on is equality of opportunity in the sense of each person or through the process has a chance to make it. Another person who basically is blocked up because the process doesn't want it to succeed. It's only when the person on his own decides he doesn't want to do it. That's when that's when we know okay, our, the hands are clean. It's the person that actually, decisions are actually made to take those, make those actions. In other words, it's a complicated, it's a complicated issue in the sense that we need to go back, push back our biases and try and see the world in a different type of light in the sense that it's not really an us versus them. It's a kind of a perspective, a perspective, another person perspective. Some people see the world in a different way. Some people see the world in the way that, you know, is um, the rich versus the poor, 
the white people versus the black people, you know, the uh, evil people. But, but me, I see it in a different light in the sense that sometimes things are not as you seem. Sure, there are evil people in the world. Sure, there are good people in the world. But you need to find a way to look at it in a different light. True, somehow true data. And sometimes, as I sometimes you have to be careful not to be too emotionally invested in certain things. You have to learn to step back and realize the game that is being played. Sometimes not everything is as it seems. Sometimes when a politician says, oh, this and this, oh, because it feels like, oh, you see, he's fighting for us, you have to actually look back and actually realize that, is this, is this actually fighting for us or is there something else? That's why the law of unintended consequences, there are some unintended consequences that likely don't, you don't see it in the short term. That's why I always say socialism is actually the kind of the hardest thing to debunk. Because I always say in the first 20 years of socialism in any country, it's always one's great. I'm not going to even pretend or say it's great because it one's great because it's, it's nice and everybody owns everything, free stuff, everything. The problem is when it gets later in the long run, when the money and production stops, stops the, when everybody stops producing, that's when the issues come up. And by that time, it might be too late to change anything. And that's the craziest part. Of socials. And that's why social is very, socialism today is always going to be very lovely in anybody's eyes. Imagine free stuff, free everything. I mean, who does not like free stuff? But not, not everything is free. There's always a price in life. Okay, I love that. Okay, basically, what I would like to say again is that why is it that we, black culture glorifies the wrong things? In the sense that if you go to a, a, the average, um, What's a black person is usually uh, rap rappers and uh, rappers show people. And funny thing is that these rappers continue to preach or they continue to preach or sing about uh, rapping, um, drugs, violence, uh, sexual uh, sexual um, sexual deviancy. They promote ideologies or set or setting ideas that do that does damage to a set the culture in the sense that discourage responsibility blaming everything or a certain race of people always believing that you're always superior but in the end you don't have the you don't actually have the abilities to actually show you actually superior and so forth and the thing is we glorify these people we put them on pedestals that they can't be touched when actually what they preach is not actually wise for anyone to follow a good culture does not follow what's on, on those the category, good culture actually follows on the category of family, of self-reliance, responsibility, and so forth. That's how a culture grows in the sense that it realizes that, in, that when it realizes when it is wrong and takes adequate steps to actually move past, and it takes adequate steps to actually move past that that barrier to actually find a better way of doing things and that's maybe there's another thing again that's bringing holding black culture or black power back or black power back let's say we are trying to revive the black power like that's true black power in the sense that we can't really even though we show we are so powerful in the end we can't still let go of the grievances of the past in other words the scars people say oh the emotional scars you know 300 years of slavery but i'm telling someone that we are not, we know, we do know we are not the only people that actually suffer during the past. There are lots of people around the world, most people racist, most people ethnic groups that went through horrible, horrible persecutions, horrible skies, but somehow they have moved on 
and they have gone to, they have gotten to a better life or they have improved their, their population and their, and their country to a better stage. But why is it that we, we are still stuck in the past in the sense that we are, we are still trying to find justice for what some people suffer but we are not trying to move on in the sense to how do we dominate the new stage because now the new stage of the world now it has changed it has flipped now it's about what you can put on the table now in those days they obviously due to discrimination and racism there was obviously obviously blocked but now the stage is set in the sense that everybody now the person who produces is the one who runs the culture the person who produces the one who runs the world and makes decisions on how things shall fare and how things shall not fare. But somehow we've missed it. We still believe that, oh, we, we, we need more. And there's another, there's what they call a black leader fallacy in the sense that we believe that if you have more people of our own color, in the sense that, that obviously I'll, I'll give yourself to be pushed more to the, to the fore. But nothing, but it's in America. America is actually the, well, because most people don't know that all those, some neighborhoods in black communities that have been held by black people, there are black mayors, there's black chief of police, there are black governors and co. In the end, nothing really happens. Living standards do not increase. Living standards, living standards do not increase. Everything is still the same, the same. So basically, it's not about having your people. There's about changing the mentality of the culture. It's about changing the mindset. So actually, realize that actually nobody is holding you back. That there are no more chains. There are more everything. That you are free. But you have to experience that freedom. I say again about freedom. Freedom. As I've said every time, freedom is scary because freedom is basically doing something. I know if you do something, you have to bear the consequences. No one is going to actually help you to bear those consequences. And that, and that's the dangerous part of freedom. And, but freedom is free in the sense that, in the sense you know that you, you're, you're on your own. No one controls you. Only yourself. And only you can push yourself to that level. Push yourself to the level that you want. That all, all your choices you make have consequences. And that also makes you to be much thoughtful when making choices so that you know whether you are making a destructive choice or a sensible choice in, in your endeavors. So basically, that also again brings us back. And so overall, what I want to say basically to black people, and so basically everywhere in the world that, um, around the world that feel kind of powerless or feel basically everyone is bringing you down, you need to realize that you need to, you need to dig down on our heels and try and be productive in our lives. So actually take back and produce actually be have a say in culture what i tell people that the people that have the wealth and the power that actually have the capability to actually do some things positive in a community like if you want to change communities people that actually have money have the wealth or the prestige that can actually do something obviously an average person obviously can do something but the people that have in some in an average person can take like maybe a day or a month or three months of this thing but a person which person can just say okay i want this and that's it. In the next two, one week or two weeks, it's done. So we need to dig down our heads. Actually, we, we configure our strategy and actually find a way to cling together. Actually, realize that okay, basically, these are the things, we, the skills we need to learn. This is the mindset we need to, um, to we need to embrace to actually move to the next level. That we cannot be stuck by old grievances or old or old uh, signs of hatred or prejudices. We need to move on. We need to move on and find a better path for our people. If not, we'll always be stuck. And if not, and always, we'll always be prone to people like hate preachers. Like people will always say that, well, we are, I always, always uh, tell us that, oh, we have black power. Oh, we want the world. Oh, this black culture existing. But in the end, we still don't have black power. We're still not in charge. We're always still in fear. So that is the end of the podcast. And I want to say thank you. 
it's the first draft it's the first podcast and it's it's kind of free but it's difficult but to improve in the further episodes so have a lovely day thank you